as resentment latches onto me, strengthening my suit of armor. When everyone else abandoned him, his family, his friends, his fiance, during the darkest point in his life, it was me who picked him up off the floor and helped him rediscover his passion for songwriting. I saved him. I'm the one who deserved his trust, loyalty, devotion. Yet, Nick chose Lily. The girl who destroyed him when she ran off, only to return five years later to steal the man I had rightfully earned. Dr. Preston turns in my direction, but I duck out of sight before he can see me. I sneak behind the receiving line of belly dancers greeting guests to the festivities and move past the check-in area, overflowing with the event programs and promotional materials I'd spent months creating. The atmosphere in the main atrium feels as warm and exotic as the spices in Marrakesh. Luxurious silk fabrics and vivid shades of teal and purple are draped across the ceiling, the walls lit up to match. A Moorish tile pattern is projected onto the floor, while pierced iron lanterns adorn tall boy tables covered in linens the colors of precious gemstones. Servers in traditional dress, from fez-capped heads to feet in heelless leather slippers, offer mint tea mojitos and caramel fig martinis to attendees when they enter the cocktail reception. Several people gasp as they scan the room, and I hear a woman comment that it feels as though she's been whisked away on a flying carpet. I spot my parents near the stage set up in front of the windows framed by beautiful Chihuly glass. My father looks regal in a tuxedo, and my mother sparkles in a beaded couture gown, exuding confidence and feminine sophistication with impeccable posture. Her red hair, identical in color to mine, is styled in an elegant French twist, and diamonds are dripping off her neck. When my mother notices me, her megawatt smile disappears into a thin line and her eyes narrow, displeasure evident in her features. It's an expression I'm all too familiar with, given that I'm always on the receiving end of it, though she's typically more conscientious than to show it in public for fear someone may see past her perfectly constructed persona. Knowing it'll only make her more upset if I delay, I pull my shoulders back and go greet them. My mother embraces me in a hug, her nails digging into my shoulders. Margaret, sweetheart, you decided on a black dress. How lovely, she says. To a bystander, her tone sounds smooth and inflectionless, as though she's doling out a compliment rather than thinly veiled criticism. My mother thinks black is too harsh for redheads and our fair skin. She prefers midnight blue or emerald green to accent the gray in your eyes, she reminds me often. But tonight... Tonight is my time to shine, so I'll wear whatever I want, even if I'll be admonished for it later when we're behind closed doors. Thank you, I say with a grin so believable it could pass as an authentic Birkin handbag in Chinatown. She tucks a loose strand of hair into my updo. That's better, 
I wouldn't want you mistaken for a slob. She raises an eyebrow, daring me to respond. When I don't, she laughs, but there's an edge to it. Your father and I were just talking with the Westways. You remember their daughter, Harper? I think she was three years behind you in school. She got engaged last night. Yale-educated, investment banker, comes from a long line of politicians. The wedding will be next summer at his family's estate in East Hampton. It's her subtle way of reminding me that I've embarrassed her, marred her pristine reputation for wasting years of my life on an inappropriate man who, despite his sterling upbringing and pedigree, abandoned his family legacy of medicine to pursue such a tasteless ambition as songwriting. No,